Welcome back to Starting With A Story. My name is John Lee, recent college graduate who just happened to stumble upon a microphone. And each week, I hope to bring you a person or story that motivates and inspires you to grow and connect with more people every single day. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now, let's get to our story. Good morning, good morning, friends. I hope you are ready for yet another awesome interview. Today, we actually have an old friend of mine that I met all the way back in high school at Apsagami High School in South New Jersey. We ended up meeting up again for this moment and had our very first in-person interview in Melbourne, Florida. Today's guest name is Hank Alamani. So in high school, Hank was such a positive force throughout the hallways. He was an incredible athlete and a friendly personality that would never miss a chance to help a friend or even a stranger in a time of need. After high school, Hank went on to study at Florida Southern College and started to pursue his creative passion of film and videography. Today, he owns and runs his own freelance videography company called Hank's Pro Studio. Hank was the guy that actually helped me film the Starting With The Story promo video. I don't know if you've seen it already, but check it out. Hank has an absolutely incredible eye for storytelling and wants to share the beauty of this world through his work. Now, when he isn't behind the lens, you can find him almost every single day honing his skills in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or volunteering. Today, you're going to hear so much about Hank and a little bit about his story. Just a sneak peek, today we're going to discuss the beauty of storytelling, Hank's journey of experiencing homelessness, and his unique and effective perspective on how to deal with obstacles and pain. So give a warm welcome to my friend, Hank. All right, welcome back to Starting With The Story. My name is John Lee, and I have the incredible Hank Alamani here. This is this is actually the first time we've met in like five or six years now. I met, we were in high school together back in uh, South New Jersey. So this is a big moment, and it's the first in-person interview. So give it up for Hank. Hey, what's up, Hank? How are we doing? Great, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, amen, dude. Amen, dude. So again, thank you so much for coming out here. It's It's so cool that you're here in person, and I'm like... Kind of nervous, kind of giddy, but really excited at the same time. So it's it's going well. But uh, I guess to start off, like, tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, like what you went through growing up, and where you're at now. Okay. Um, well, I mean, my life has been, uh, I guess, quote like a, a struggle, as most people would would kind of say. Uh, and I guess it all started. I was like two years old. My dad left. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the quintessential divorce thing yeah, uh, sure. that people go through and then um, <clears throat> from like first to fifth grade I was bullied like pretty intensively mm. like kids think that this whole cyberbullying thing is bad I mean like I'm talking three guys kicking me on the ground in the fetal position Jeez. you know like yeah. I remember one time uh, I, I broke my arm and I had this like red cast on and this one guy banged my arm up against the cast up like, well, bang my cast up against this, like, metal pole, like, three or four times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it was bad. And um, 
the what happened was is the first time that I was bullied pretty bad by three of these kids uh, in grade school, mm-hmm. I tried to fight back, and we went to Sister Jude's. And they all ganged up on me saying that I was bullying them like I was trying to beat up on them. So not only did I get beat up that day in school, mm. but my mom beat me when I got home. Oh, my God. So I, I didn't really know what to do because nobody kind of believed me. So I was I was quiet for a long time. Yeah, that's so tough. Uh, yeah. And my <laughs> one day, um, my mom was like, it's time to go to school. And I was like, I'm not going to school. Mm. And she said, why? And I was like, I'm going to beat that girl with yeah. She's like, okay, we're not going to school today. <laughs> so uh, let's take a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom, being uh, the wonderful woman that she is, she kind of realized that things were going on. She tried to talk to the school about it. Nothing was being done. Mm. Uh, so I finally got switched out, and that's when I started going to public school. Mm. And um, things were going pretty good from there, man. Um, you know, high school, like we were talking about high school. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I don't know. You said I was like the man or something. I don't really remember it that way. I didn't, like, <laughs> that's so I was crazy always, how the perspectives yeah. are that different because I literally was like, oh, it's Hank, bro. Like, let's go, Hank. And you're saying it wasn't like that. That, that I mean, it didn't mind. feel like that to me. I mean, yeah. I was always the guy who like nobody wanted to invite me to things because I didn't drink you know like I didn't smoke I didn't Mm -hmm. do any of that kind of stuff you know Mm -hmm. so like everybody kind of thought I was boring and and all that and um but I guess I should go back when I was about nine years old uh the pain started Mm -hmm. and this is something I don't really talk about with a lot of people but you know I mean why not at this point for sure um so I was nine years old and I I started getting this really chronic uh, pain kind of like spasms and it would start in my back, and as I got older, it would start to, like, spread everywhere else. Mm. And I went to specialists all over the place around when I was, like, 12, like, Delaware. We went to Johns Hopkins, all that kind of stuff. And everybody attributed it to growing pains. Oh. Um, and, I mean, it would be to the point to where I would be in a spasm similar to a seizure, I guess you could say. Mm. But it was definitely not a seizure. Um, and it would just be intense pain all throughout my body. And this happened often. Yeah, it happened pretty often. Um, especially through high school, it was hard to sleep. Um, high school, it got really bad. Um, it was hard to sleep. It would take Mm -hmm. me about an hour to two hours to get to sleep at night. Um, waking up, I would have these spasms. There would be some times where uh, it wouldn't be as bad, but the pain is there all the time. Mm. So what you don't see is that no so i mean i'd go to school and i'd be in pain all day especially sitting down sitting down made it worse and guess what we're doing we're in school literally like eight hours a day <laughs> yeah so it was bad but i started to learn how to push that pain away because you start to realize that pain is just a signal that goes from you know a neuron to your brain mm-hmm. you know it's just, they're just messages so mm-hmm. i kind of started to realize how to uh, do away with those things and, and push it back throughout the day um and I mean, these, some of these spasms would keep me out for, for days. Cause sometimes I wouldn't be able to push the pain back. Oh my gosh. I remember, I think it was my senior year in high school. Um, there was a chiropractor that, that made it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think it was cause my muscles were so tight all the time mm-hmm. that it made the spasms even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to crawl into my vehicle and drive to his office, get cracked a little bit just so I could hunch back to my car. And like, it was, it was miserable, but not a lot of people know this. Um, and when I got into college, it was weird because there's, there was one specific time for, I'd say about six months, the pain was gone. 
weirdest thing. I started dating this girl, Mary Kate, sweet little girl. Um, She's the key. And, well, you know what? I don't know. I have no idea why it happened. Uh, is, then, there, is there a name for the the no. pain that you're feeling? Like it's. I don't know what it is, and it doesn't seem that anybody wow. else really knows what it is. I definitely don't think it's growing pains because mm. I'm 24 now and yeah. I still get these pains. Oh my gosh! Um, but yeah, it went away, and then we had a. She broke up with me. That was really bad. And then, like three, four months later, it came back hard. I mean, one day it just put me down. And I try to so when when a spasm starts happening, I try to keep it in until I can get into a private place because it's nasty. Like, yeah, you don't want to see it. Like veins everywhere. Like, oh my goodness, yeah. Like the people who have seen it have like tried to call nine one one. So it's like it's uh, you know it's and it's also really embarrassing for me. You know, I'm sitting there like yeah. you know, and yeah, it's tough. like what do you do? Yeah. There's nothing you can do. It's like somebody having a seizure. You just have to wait for it to be done. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it's been it's been tough trying to deal with that. Uh, but then yeah, it came back really hard, and then um, I started dating another girl, the one that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it went away for like a solid year. Oh wow! And just so confusing to me. I yeah, no idea why. That, <laughs> Um, when and women then, come into your life, it, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know what. Maybe it's a distraction. Maybe it's in yeah, my mind because I can be. I can push it away. I mean, mm-hmm. I, technically, I'm in I'm in pain right now, but you know, I'm not sitting here wincing the whole day. Yeah, I mean, I've had it since I was nine, so I've kind of so you, you kind of like uh, become acclimated to the pain, and you in a sense kind of feel. I've, it. I've mm-hmm. learned how to push certain pain away, mm-hmm. uh, like some things. Uh, like I can't, it's weird. Like yeah. I can, if I have an infection, I can cut myself open and deal with it. No problem. But you put something in my fingernail, that's the end of me. Oh my like gosh. <laughs> um, and like, uh, I've, I've actually been training for the past month. I train about two, three times a day for mm. some jujitsu, mm-hmm. which is about 12 classes a, uh, a week. And when, and when did you start that? I started that right after Mary Kay broke up with me, okay. like four and a half years ago. Gotcha. Yeah, cool. uh, which was great. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I broke my hand uh, about a month ago, and about three weeks ago, I broke my foot. I tore two ligaments in my foot, and I tore a muscle. Mm. And uh, so I can I can push that kind of stuff away. Um, and I've been training with it. It's not going to get any worse. So it doesn't matter unless somebody like really hits it. Yeah, that's where it's yeah. a little a little much, but. Yeah, so I have no understanding about any of this. Yeah. I went to get my exercise science degree mm-hmm. to try to figure this stuff out. Yeah, of course. Still haven't. <laughs> but I, I've, I've come to the point to where that doesn't really matter. And that has kind of been the cornerstone for how I kind of live my life. So pain and suffering and all of that, what I realized is, is that if you take a different approach to all that pain and suffering – you can get a lot out of it. Mm. So now I'm at the point to where I can control not just some of the pain that I have mm-hmm. physically and emotionally. You know, I can control my how I deal with situations. You know, mm. like the situation that we were just talking about. You know, yeah. like mm. I was homeless this time last year. You know, but it, but none of it was bothering me mm-hmm. mainly because you know I I take my faith from God and I, mm. that's where I build my foundation. Yeah. And I sure. think people have a problem, a lot of problems dealing with situations because their foundation is in the wrong place. Mm. And I think we were talking on the phone about this. It's like, if my foundation is built on my girlfriend or my mother 
it was my very, friends. It was very fragile. Very fragile. And it, yeah. it could disappear in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, I mean, everybody is going to fail you because they're human. Mm. And that's totally okay. Yeah. You have to be ready for that. Yeah. But thankfully, you know, God doesn't fail us. Yeah. You know, and that's where I get my strength from. And when struggles come, I this is a recent thing, but I've, I kind of get a little excited mm-hmm. because I know there's something really great at the end of a storm. I mean, this is, this is how nature itself works. Yeah. You know? yeah I mean, sure. imagine yourself like stranded on an Island okay, and you yeah. have no food. You have this tiny little piece of shelter. Mm-hmm. You have no water cause you're right next to a beach. Mm-hmm. And now there's a giant storm and there's thunder and there's lightning and it's raining and your shelter is breaking apart. Oh and goodness. you're like, this is one more thing that God is just doing to laugh at me. Yeah. And then the storm ends mm-hmm. and you realize, that the storm was so bad that the fish washed up on the shore yeah. and you have more food than you can ever imagine gotcha. and all the coconuts have come down and you have water and in all of the empty coconuts that you've already eaten all of the have all filled up with water so you don't have anything to worry about until yeah. the next storm yeah. and now you're waiting for the next storm yeah you want and you're and you want it to be even worse because you know that there could be more fish that wash up mm-hmm. no i'm full i've been full for days i'm stranded alone on an island yeah and that's how i've started to kind of react to all these situations and um, this is really recent because um, what God was telling me through reading the Bible and you know listening to you know other Christians is that he has something big planned for me I have no idea what it is but what he said to me is that you can't have anything that's holding you back. Mm. So you have to trust me 100%. Yeah. And there was one thing that I still had there. Yeah. And I was I was really scared of losing the love of my life. Yeah, I mean, she was the most important thing to me. And I had thought that God told me that she was the one. Mm. You know? But what he was telling me is that even if I'm telling you that, the fact that she's leaving or the fact that she left doesn't mean that I'm wrong. Yeah. So you have to have faith to be able to get through this and understand that mm-hmm. my plan is best for you, mm-hmm. you know? And lo and behold, was it uh, two days ago, two days ago, like two Jeez. days after my birthday, yeah. the love of my life decided that, uh, she wanted to break up with me Yeah. and I'm okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I, of course I'm a little sad. Yeah. Of course I'm still getting Definitely used to the, the loneliness, yeah. you know, but you know, there, there's no pain there. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no worry. There's no fear because I trust God hundred percent now. So 100%. anything that comes into my life at this point, I understand that there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not even the best thing for me, Yeah. It, but maybe my whole life will be a struggle, but I can take it with grace and other people can see that and wow. maybe it'll help them through some of the other things they're going through. Dude, that's, that's awesome. That's wow. So, so was it like that all the time? Like when did you kind of have that shift into um, believing hundred percent that it'll be okay and you have all your faith in God and the Bible and the word. And when did that shift happen? Because so many people, you're, you're only 24 yeah. as you mentioned. And so many people like they struggle with that trying to, be okay with you know not being okay, and it seems like you're you're really good at being okay with not being okay. Well, that that's that's a pretty recent thing. So yeah, I mean, I'm human, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it the whole hundred percent as to what I would think is hundred percent now. Mm-hmm. There could be things I'm still holding on to that I don't realize yet. Gotcha. But that happened about a month ago. <clears throat> and um, it looked like there may have been some issues going on with 
uh, my ex and I, mm. and I was worried, and um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess up. I didn't want to make a mistake because I didn't want to ruin it. Mm. And what I realized is that I was trying to fix things. Mm. I was trying to do something, and that's that's not how it works. Yeah. You know, yeah. as soon as I think that I'm capable of doing something, mm. is the exact second that I'm not. Huh. You know, so I realized that. I need to give it all to God and have faith that if this is what he told me, then this is what's going to happen. So no matter what I do, it's not going to matter. So mm-hmm. I need to try to be the best man that I can, mm-hmm. try to do the best that I can in this relationship, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, it's funny. I had, a, I had a dream about her in that um, in that off time that we had that we were apart yeah. the first time she was with me. And in this dream... Um, I was traveling the world with a bunch of friends and everything, and I saw her everywhere. It was weird, like in the I'd clouds, like well, no, 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 oh, okay. like like we met, <laughs> oh, you know, like okay. like I was in China and she was in, she was just hanging out in the street. And I was like, oh my god, hey, <laughs> what's, what's up? Yeah, yeah, uh, like um, yeah, we were we were in Haiti and she was at the airport. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's up? And we would FaceTime and we would text, and I'd be like, oh hey guys, look at this funny picture that we put on Instagram. Yeah. And at the end, we're in Hawaii, me and a buddy of mine, John, San, uh, John Sudo, awesome guy, huge red beard, bald head. Um, That's so yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a little leprechaun. He's a great dude. <laughs> and he's stuffing all these papers into his backpack. And somebody runs, steals his backpack and runs on a bus. Yeah. This old lady comes with an ATV and, and just rides him over to the bus. And I'm, and I'm left there. I'm running, chasing after this bus. He gets on and, and uh, I get on after him like, well, hey, what's up? Did you get your bag back? Yeah. He goes, sit down. Okay. okay. Yeah. This is weird. <laughs> and uh, one of my other buddies was there and um, he goes, I got to tell you something. I was like, you just stole your backpack. Why are we getting serious right now? Yeah. And uh, he just said flat out, uh, my other buddy said flat out, she's dead. And I was like, that's not funny. Yeah. Like, that's not a good joke. Oh my goodness. And uh, my other buddy was like, no, um, I'm, I'm telling you, she's she's dead. And I started to get really emotional. Mm-hmm. This is all the dream, of course. Mm-hmm. And he hands me all these papers and it happened to be like, she got sick and I, I was with her the whole time and she was like saying sorry, we couldn't spend more time together, blah, blah, blah. So it turned out that I was traveling all the world, all over the world. Because that's what she had asked me to do after she died. Yeah. And I had kind of gone crazy and I saw her everywhere. Mm. And um, when I, w- I was on the bus, I read all that and I was crying hysterically. When I woke up in real life, half my pillow was soaking wet. I couldn't breathe. My nose clogged up. I was hyperventilating. Yeah. Like It felt like somebody was tearing a piece of my chest out. And I f- found out how it would feel if she actually died. Yeah. And that was the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that kind of opened up my eyes to the fact that, I mean, it's, it's very redundant. I mean, people have said this all the time, but I mean, we nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. You know, and especially my time with her yeah. is not guaranteed. Yeah, time. So I made sure that, I mean, I, it's unbelievable that we even got back together uh, in itself. Mm-hmm. But I made sure that every second that I had with her was not wasted. Gotcha. You know? And, um, I have no regrets. Yeah, you know for sure. that might be over. That that chapter might be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the chapter closes, something else opens. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. So at this point, now I'm not excited that she broke up with me. But yeah, yeah. 
struggles at this point kind of excite me a little bit because mm-hmm. I know there's going to be something amazing waiting on the other corner. Yeah. And she's a perfect example because God kept telling me like, hey, listen, she's the one. Be patient. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, man, it's getting a little ridiculous yeah. because it's been eight months. I haven't heard from her. Yeah. I'm homeless. Yeah. Who wants to talk to me right now? Yeah. And I mean, it was getting so bad. I was so broke. I was living in my jiu-jitsu gym for like a month. One of the pastors there was like, hey, listen, man, you're going to live with me now, which was a blessing in itself. And it was a great place. But I was running out of money. Wow. I just need to take a break. Yeah. I needed to be done. So I was going to drive back up to New Jersey, stay with my parents for a while. I was Mm going to take a road trip, go to do the Appalachian Trail a little bit and Mm -hmm. just... Be by myself because yeah, be I needed yourself. to be alone and deal yeah. with myself. Yeah, you know? I, I feel like people don't do that enough. Yeah. You know, they don't. They're either afraid or they just refuse to spend time with themselves. So I, it's I really hard being by that. yourself it because is. you got to face yourself. It is, yeah. And it's, it's funny because, like, I mean, it's like when you're alone, you have to like face your demons in a sense, right? You can't and hide. You I can't was up on the Appalachian yourself. Trail, and it was it was like my last day um, camping. And I was in Pennsylvania, and I was actually supposed to meet my ex there. She didn't show up, so I was alone. Okay. And it was getting late, so I was setting up my my hammock, and I was only about like four feet off the ground. Yeah. And um, didn't realize it was going to be as cold as it was. (laughs) So it was freezing cold. I finally got to sleep probably about three in the morning. And about five in the morning, Mm -hmm. this massive boar hog starts screaming. Oh my god! Running around my campsite. What the? Yeah, so I was like kind of freaking out because I'm in like a, a swinging taco of death. Yeah, yeah. Like he could just come up and stuff, and I there's just nothing rolling. I can do. I mean, I have my gun on me, but um, I was like, you know what? I gotta face this because I'm sitting here in the fetal position, freezing cold uh-huh. in my hammock, five in the morning. I'm tired. Yeah. Like I need to get up and I need to face this. Yeah. And he's just tormenting me the whole time. Yeah. So I get up, put my boots on. I take my gun out of my holster and I'm walking. And I'm like, oh, I swear. And all of a sudden, he was bedded up like um, 20 yards from me. Mm-hmm. And he gets up and he just looks at me and he starts snarling. And I was oh my like, goodness. So I, I press it out uh-huh. and going really slow. And he just keeps snarling. And I pushed the round off. Oh my goodness. Hit him in the face. And he turns back at me. I had a 40 caliber. I had critical duty ammo. Like, I thought I was good. Uh, maybe I skimmed him or something. He turns back at me with like a chunk missing from, missing from his face and just looks like a bat out of hell. Oh my goodness. So I just popped three more rounds off and he ran off. Wow. And I was like, man. And like all of a sudden, this like sense of peace came over me. And I kind of realized, like, that's interesting. Mm. You know, like, in a sense, I had to go through this whole journey and face my demons and yeah. you know I just had to step out there yeah. in faith mm-hmm. and just do what I had to do mm-hmm. and it turned out that like I like I told you I hadn't heard from my ex in, in eight months mm-hmm. right? all of a sudden she sends me this text message mm-hmm. of her in the hammock I bought her like three years ago oh my goodness. Yeah, and yeah. she was like she's like oh man like thanks thanks for this thanks for making it happen crazy <laughs> we end up talking for like four hours she finds out I'm driving back up and she mm-hmm. said, she suggests that we drive back down together because okay. we just have to be leaving on the same day. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell her how I feel because I don't care. Yeah. And like, you know, I know how it felt to lose her. Mm. So 
might as well go for it. Gotcha. You know, I'm not going to be all over her. I'm not going to, you know, chase after her like some weird stalker movie. But mm-hmm. we were driving back together, you know, figured I'd tell her how I feel. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I did. And, you know, we were dating ever since, you know, for like oh. eight, ten months until yeah. about two or three days ago. Two or three days ago. And yeah. um, back to your original question, like, when when did this all kind of start? You know, I, I had a lot of faith mm-hmm. driving home. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to happen. But what I realized was there was one thing that I was still holding on to, and it was the fear of losing her again. Yeah. And God was telling me that, like, I have some big things for you to do, mm-hmm. and you can't have any fears, yeah. especially this. Yeah. I don't know what the reason for us breaking up was, mm-hmm. but, you know, if I was BSing about it, I'm not. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is... This is what day two, day three, yeah. and I'm fine. Yeah. You know, I've never had an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I'm so blessed with everything I have in my life. I have so many great people in my life, so many great friends. I mean, you called me the, the day before it happened. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and and now we're here, and now I get to tell this story to other people. Mm-hmm. And if that wouldn't happen, maybe people wouldn't realize how serious I was. Yeah, you know, because I mean. It, it may not sound that bad, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, she's the love of my life. Yeah. You know, absolutely the love of my life. And yeah. I would do anything for her, including leaving. Yeah. You know, if, if this is going to make her happy, yeah. then I'll do it. It's like uh, that story where uh, if you love something, you have to, you let, have it to go, let it go. Yeah, and if it comes back. Yeah. And, yeah. Cool, cool. I was super excited to, to reach out to you, mainly because I saw your work with like volunteering and your documentaries and stuff like that. So what I'm curious is like, out of all these things that you have been going through and all the struggles that you've had, what kind of fueled your ambition to go volunteer and use your skills and do God's work in other forms and other fashions? So like, what have you done to, to I guess, achieve that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I've always wanted to help as much as I could because I mean, my whole life, God has put these amazing people in front of me that I don't deserve. Mm. I don't deserve the friends that I have. Mm. I didn't deserve the time that I had with her. I I mean, in my opinion, I don't deserve anything. So everything is a promise. And just so many people have helped me. I mean, if anybody knew that I was homeless, Mm -hmm. they were giving me food. You know, as soon as somebody found out I didn't have a place to live, I had a place to live. You know, like... Everybody has always taken care of me and I haven't had to ask for it. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, but what I do have is time mm-hmm. and, you know, a little bit of skill in terms of making videos. Yeah. You know, so I've been blessed enough to be able to go to a few countries and be able to show people that, you know, there are things that you can do, mm. you know, you can go out there and help people, you know, you, you can rough it a little bit yeah. and make a difference in other people's lives, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's also missions out there that mm-hmm. they're trying to do a lot of good work, but they just need extra hands. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to show people through these videos that doing this work is awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Amen. You get a lot out of it. Amen. It's, this is, you know, it's not necessarily like, you know, I'm sleeping on a dirt floor. I'm going to be miserable. You know, it's, it's not that I think people focus on those negatives, which, you know, in my opinion, they're not really negatives. Um, but there's just so many benefits to going out and helping people and you don't have to go travel the world. Mm -hmm. But, um, what we were talking about earlier was, you know, I, I can sleep in a hammock. I can Mm -hmm. travel with 
a camera bag this big, my camping bag, mm-hmm. you know, two pairs of boxers that and I just, shower in, and just, go, for and just it. go. Yeah, you know, in Haiti, I mean, we were sleeping outside. Me and John Sudo uh-huh. sleeping outside on the beach, you know, slinging our hammocks up, yeah, and just loving it. You know, mm-hmm. our showers was like freezing cold water <laughs> with a bucket that you just pour on yourself. Oh my God. Get yourself wet, yeah. rub the soap, pour on yourself again. Uh-huh. You know, but I mean, even that was a blessing because yeah. it was so blistering hot. Yeah. The shower was sure. awesome. Yeah. You know, and uh, my my past trip to Nicaragua, it's funny because when people ask me, oh, how was your trip? I was like, oh, it was amazing. Mm. And when they start asking for details, you find out that my drone got taken. Mm-hmm. So that's like, and all of my drone equipment. So that's like two, two, three grand gone. Oh my goodness. No worries. I don't care. That was the very first day that we got in there. Oh my gosh. Well, actually before that, when I got to the airport, they had to run my bag two or three times because I apparently had water in it. And then I had to go pour the water out because it was in my rucksack and Uh it was, it was a mess. No worries. Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) There wasn't enough room in the motels Mm -hmm. because I mean, we were, they were sleeping like three, four people in a room, probably about this size, if not less. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> and they actually had toilets, but the toilets weren't like normal flush toilets. Yeah, you had yeah. to push water down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but there was no room. I was the only one who could rough it. So mm-hmm. I slept outside yeah. on like the third story, like two or three stories, uh, these two stories, but mm-hmm. it was like a pretty tall building. Um, and I was slung on the the columns that were on the second story. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was hanging off, just looking at the ground the whole oh time, just like concrete steps uh, below me. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And what I didn't realize was, is that we were up in the mountains mm-hmm. in the rainforest of Nicaragua. Okay. So you're going to the equator and you would think that it would be hot. Yeah. It's not. It hit about 30 degrees every night. Oh my God. So I was out there in a hammock, paper thin, not paper, like parachute thin. Parachute thin. And oh um, the first night, I, I had this little travel blanket yeah. that's like a third of the size of me because uh-huh. I'm like 6'3 and the blanket's pretty like tall five guy. foot. Yeah, <laughs> you're pretty and tall. And <laughs> I'm like curled up in this hammock. And if you don't know anything about sleeping in a hammock, they're so thin. That you need to be conscious of the air that passes underneath of you. Because first of all, it will be cooler. And second of all, it will cool you. So it, it's kind of like you're wearing an Under Armour shirt. Oh, so it sucks everything out of yeah, you. Yeah. So I was warm oh, wow. up here, uh-huh. but I was freezing Freaking. down here. I see the first <laughs> night, I slept in my bathing suit. Oh my goodness. Man, I was freezing the whole night. Yeah. Didn't bother me. Luckily, I'm, I'm able to Adapt. meditate or okay. kind of put my mind in a different space and... I'd wake up a few hours later. Okay, maybe I'll try to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Not working for like 20, 30 minutes. I'd put myself away somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Come back. It's fine, right? But other people would be like, that's horrible. Yeah. That's miserable. And then we'd have to wake up at 4 in the morning, which I was awake anyway, mm-hmm. and go to work. You know, and, and I only had one camera. Normally I have... Actually, I forgot the charger for my GoPro. Didn't have my GoPro. Uh-huh. Normally, I'll throw a GoPro on the front of the car or something yeah, like that. Okay. Didn't have my drone because it wasn't allowed in the country. Mm-hmm. They took that. Um, so, I wasn't really sleeping. And then there was one night where one of the guys was going to sleep somewhere else. And so, he was going to give me his bed. Bed. I was like, oh, man. In a nice AC with a blanket. Yeah. Man, it was going to be great. I got food poisoning. Uh, I got food poisoning. <laughs> and, man, I'm telling you. I was on the John all 
Oh, night. goodness gracious. All night. <laughs> and then I slept for like a half an hour, woke up, threw up more than I've ever thrown up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I still got out at four in the morning, tried to go to work, like almost passed out because we were trying to build a pastor's house and um, trying to build a church too. So there was a lot of work to be done. Yeah, you know? for sure. And I wasn't just there to film, I was there to work. Yeah. You know? So I wasn't going to be that guy. Volunteering. Yeah. Every time. Exactly. So I went out there, I was kind of roughing it. This is Starting With a Story, and I'm John Lee. Stay tuned for more moments with my friend, Hank. about your your volunteer work what if you can kind of sum it up for anyone that's kind of deciding to volunteer or wanting to yeah what would you sum up your experience as in three key takeaways from your experiences volunteering um i think the first is that um i normally get a lot out of it than i think i give to other people Mm. um when we go down to places like haiti or nicaragua or colombia the work that we're doing is very minimal, you know, on an individual level. Mm. Um, like when we went to Nicaragua for that week, we half built a church. Mm-hmm. We finished the pastor's house, mm-hmm. um, but other groups had to come to kind of finish it. Finish it yeah. um, so I feel like I got a lot more out of that experience than I was able to give. Mm. Luckily there's other people mm-hmm. that go along with us. So that's the first thing that I would say is that, you'll probably get more out of it than you'll give, mm-hmm. you know, which is another reason to go. If you want a selfish reason to go, <laughs> it's that, it's, it's that weird paradigm shift. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm yeah. going to get a lot out of it, but I'm going to be doing good. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do something, something for myself. I might as well you know, do get some good. sort of benefit for it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, another thing is, is that, um, I feel that people, think it's going to take away time from you know the possible vacation or something mm-hmm. like that um especially when i went to haiti that was like the most fun i've ever had and we were working the whole time yeah you know mine was a the, the places that i've been to have been construction missions mm-hmm. um, so we've actually been working with our hands i mean a lot of them aren't you know there's medical missions there's you know evangelistic missions whatever um but I mean, we were we were right on the water. Haiti is an absolutely beautiful place. Mm. Got a nice tan. You know, there's <laughs> sun everywhere. You know, like yeah. the, you could see the stars for days. Mm. You know, well, not for nights. Um, but yeah, it's just just a gorgeous place, and and there's so much faith and there's so much hope mm. in such a dismal place. Yeah, how is it that we don't have that? Yeah, and that goes. Also goes back to the part that I was saying. You'll probably get more out of it than they will get from you. Yeah. If you can just kind of take a little bit from them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I went to all these places and these people are so excited just for us to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, they, they don't really care about the money and everything like that. They're so appreciative that we've come there to help them. I mean, 
if you watch some of my videos, I mean, these kids are smiling, yeah, they're laughing. Happy. Every even the parents, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the adults, everybody, they're they they're loving their life. Yeah, and we could think like, how is that? Yeah, how is that possible to love your life when you are living in a house that is made out of six sticks, you know, eight sticks, you know, four that two that go up on each side and yeah. four that go around with a tarp over it, mm-hmm. and it's it's astounding. And we were actually driving through um, Haiti one time, and they were getting ready for school. Mm. And all of them have, I mean, prim, pressed uniforms for mm. school. Not a stain on them. Yeah. And when they wake up, their floor is dirt. Yeah. It's dust. I, I have no idea how they do it. Yeah. I don't know how it happens. But, I mean, how is that? Yeah. You know, I mean, these people, they have three pairs of clothing. One of them is for school, mm-hmm. you know, and the other ones are, you know, donations that people have thrown to them off of a truck. Yeah. And, you know, they still look great. Gotcha. And they have such a great attitude towards life, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, whatever they do, they're passionate about and they're, the whole community comes to help. Mm-hmm. When they find out someone is there building a church, the whole community is there yeah. to help build a church, whatever they can do. When we went to Nicaragua, there was little kids with like giant bags of sands on their back, just mm-hmm. toting them back and forth, having yeah. a good old time. I mean, kids like, I'd say two years old, up to two years old, little wow. bag of sand put on their back one over. Wow. Huh. Yeah. It's crazy cool. I feel like with volunteering, so I, I didn't go out of the country for my volunteer work, but I went to Kansas City, Missouri, and I did um, working at a high school and whatnot. But what I found was that the one of the biggest things was I gained such a new perspective and a variety of new perspectives that – I would not have seen otherwise. So what are some of the perspectives that you have gained from your experiences that you've been able to incorporate into your, your film business or just your life in general moving forward and how you want to live your life here? Yeah, probably one of the biggest things is that, like I was saying earlier, we're not guaranteed anything. Mm. You know, we could have grown up in another country. Mm-hmm. We're in the United States. That in itself is such a huge blessing. Yeah. I would much yeah. rather be homeless here than middle class in Haiti. Yeah. If you think about it in a mm-hmm. you know yeah, perspective. Respect. Yeah, yeah. So that in, in that sense it's like you get a great opportunity if it feels right, mm-hmm. take it. You know, if it, or even on the other end of the spectrum, you know, you, you have loved ones, right? Mm. And you're working all the time and you get no time with them. Mm. What's the point of that? Mm. You know, nothing is guaranteed to us. So the people and the things that matter to you the most, mm-hmm. take advantage of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. And like love people as hard as you can because Amen. they might not be here tomorrow. Yeah. You know, that's so true. And for me, the most valuable asset that we have the most valuable thing that we can give people is time time amen it's absolutely time and you know maybe it's not good but i don't care about money mm. i don't yeah and i'm sure it will come to me but it doesn't matter yeah you know like i would much rather be homeless and be able to spend all of my time with the people that i love the only caveat to that is that i don't have enough financial stability to help as many people as I want. True. Yeah. That's why I want to make money is so that I can help people. I can reach out to people 
Mm-hmm. I can do all as soon as it, if I made a million dollars today. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the <laughs> amount of people that would that would have a great day that day yeah. is great. I might spend it all. Yeah, but. Like I would make somebody's day, yeah. Because you don't get that back. Yeah. You don't get that back, you yeah. know. And if I'm working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and I'm making all this money, but I don't get a time to spend it, yeah. You know, yeah, that, that's that's stuff. always like the the huge uh, the the catch twenty two kind of thing. Like you you want to make money, but you also want time and people, you know, spend their time to make money but never are able to cash in on that money and on that time. So I, I really resonate a lot with what you're saying. It's just like spend the time that you have today with the people that you love or something that you love doing because there there is no better, more valuable asset than time. You know, and you, you said it best and that's the truth. And that's, that's just the truth. Yeah, you just don't get that back. And, and another thing is that why are you going to worry about this? Mm. Whatever this is, mm-hmm. why are you going to worry about it? Because all now I'm not blaming people for worrying and I do it all the time, but I mm-hmm. think it's something that we all need to work on yeah. and work towards getting to the point to where we don't worry about anything at all. Yeah. You know, in, to some aspects. Yeah. But, you know, again, we're not guaranteed anything. Mm-hmm. We're not guaranteed time, mm-hmm. nothing. So why are you worrying about what's happening in the future? Yeah. Because you don't know if you have tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so I mean, what are you passionate about? Who are you passionate about? Mm. Try to do those things. Gotcha. To, you know, try to become a better person. Try to reach out to people. Try to help other people become mm. better people. You yeah, know, sure. share your knowledge, share, share your gifts. Mm. You know, and yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. You know, yeah. who knows if that's the right thing? I mean, I'm 24 years old. Yeah. So all of this advice is very <laughs> humbly given. Yeah. You know, and yeah. in a sense, it's not really advice. It's just, that's How I'm living my life. Yeah. yeah. And this is what I've been through. And these, yeah. these are my experiences. Yeah. And I have always lived my life trying to be an influence to somebody. Yeah. I didn't have uh, necessarily a father figure growing up. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So I had to create my own image of what I was going to be like at 25. Mm. So that's always what I strive for. It was kind of a mix between like Jesus, Chuck Norris, and like you know a, a soldier. Yeah. You know that was like my little my little mix. <laughs> and in my head, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do any of those things because I I just didn't think that's what twenty five year old me should do. Yeah. And I strive for that my entire life because I wanted to become that father figure that maybe other people can look up to. Yeah. And I wanted to see if it could be done. Yeah. You know, cause I saw everybody else, all these successful people getting drunk every weekend and mm-hmm. getting arrested for Coke. And, mm-hmm. but they had all this money and they had all these things. And I wanted to know if I could be successful. Yeah. If I could do anything without doing those things. Mm-hmm. And my whole life has kind of been seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to see if I can, if I can be a good man mm-hmm. and still have a good life yeah, and do it your way. Yeah. And yeah. it's worked out pretty well for me so far. And I am so thankful for all the struggles that I've went through. Mm-hmm. The bullying, the homelessness. I mean, if I look back on it, if none of that stuff would have happened, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here. Right yeah. Now. If, if that girl I dated in that, like my freshman year of college mm-hmm. wouldn't have shattered my heart into pieces <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning in front of the KD house. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be doing jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't have been a lifeguard. I wouldn't have been a yoga teacher. I wouldn't have had all these experiences that I've had. Mm-hmm. And jiu-jitsu itself has been 
massive for me. That is probably one of the biggest blessings that God's ever put in my life. Gotcha. And that is such a huge asset for me. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think I would have had that motivation if I didn't get the crap kicked out of me when yeah. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have had that motivation if she wouldn't have broke my heart and mm-hmm. I would have had to just find something else to do. Yeah. You know, and all of those things have all lined up to get me here. Yeah. And I may not right, be super right here, successful. Exactly. Right here at this table. <laughs> and I may not be super successful. I may not have all these things or may not have a lot of money, yeah. but I have a lot of peace. Yeah. You know, and, and, some people, and I feel good about where I'm at. Yeah. Some people you know, spend their entire lifetime trying to find peace, you know? So that's really cool. I, I really appreciate you kind of being transparent with all the struggles that you've gone through and kind of all the things that have formed you into where you are now. But one thing that I am curious about, aside from like the drinking and the smoking or what have you throughout your journey, your story, what's your relationship with sacrifice and how has that played into mm. your life? I'm glad you mentioned that because Sacrifice is so huge. Um, it it goes back to you know what you were talking about about serving. Serving is a form of sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Right. And what we were talking about about the Nicaragua trip. Mm-hmm. It was so miserable. Yeah. In a physical sense. Yeah. But I was there to do work. Yeah. Emotionally, you know? spiritually, it's just so fulfilling. Yeah. And so much. And I wasn't there. To have a good time. Yeah. You know, I, I was there to try to reach people through a video. Mm-hmm. I was there to try to really get as much as I could out of what was happening down there. Yeah. I was trying to tell a story to inspire people, mm-hmm. you know, sure. and I didn't care what happened. You know, I wanted to help build this church. I wanted to help these men. I mean, these guys have been doing this for 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. There was several men out there that were over 60 years old working in 90, 100 degree heat mm-hmm. working their butts off all day you know like what am i doing yeah, yeah. you know so it it everything is about sacrifice mm-hmm. i mean it, if you have a relationship sometimes you need to put your pride aside mm-hmm. you know i mean maybe i had to sacrifice my feelings in order for that the girl the woman that just broke up with me mm-hmm. to have a better life yeah you know maybe she is better off without me mm-hmm. and if that's the case I need to sacrifice what I want mm-hmm. for what she needs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And maybe that's what I need too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's obviously not what I wanted, mm-hmm. but I'm completely willing to make that sacrifice for yeah. her because I told her that from the beginning because mm-hmm. I love you no matter what. Yeah. And I think that my mother's had a huge influence on me with this. If you want to have a successful relationship, mm-hmm. You have to be 100% committed. You have to be 100% yeah. committed. If the other person is not, mm-hmm. that's on them. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are too worried about their significant other. The other. You know? Not themselves. It, it, exactly. Yeah. And, and I, told, I told my ex before we started dating, I said, I don't care what you do, how you do it. I'm telling you that I'm going to love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be around no matter what. So you don't have to feel bad if you mess up. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to try to work it out as best as I can. Yeah. You know, if, if you leave me two or three times, you want to come back, that's fine. We're going to work it out. God's going to work it out. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you want to go out and do drugs and go crazy, I'm going to be here for you. I'm yeah. going to support you. But if you have this constant back and forth, mm-hmm. like, mm, I don't know, you know, I don't really like what you're doing, you know, and, and you don't try to help or be there for them, they're going to be so scared. Yeah. Of messing up, that it's going to hold them back. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to know 
that you're going to be there for them no matter what. Yeah. You know? And again, that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Because that, that, that is going to suck for you sometimes. Yeah. It really is. But if you want a good relationship, if you really love this person, sometimes you have to sacrifice. And I think that's what the best thing about marriage is. Mm -hmm. It says that I'm going to be here no matter what. Yeah. And I think people, they hear that no matter what, but they don't really think about what that is. Yeah. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. You know, is he, is he cheating on me? Mm -hmm. You know, okay, well, let's work it out. Now, if that person doesn't want to be with you anymore, they will leave. Mm -hmm. But you're doing your job. Yeah. You're trying to work it out. And that's hard. Yeah. If this person if this person wants to leave me, mm -hmm. I will let you go because that is your choice. But I'm going to do as best as I can to be the best man that I can yeah. and stand by you because that's the commitment that I made. Yeah. I'm going to stand by that. Yeah. But if you're being fickle the whole time and you're back and forth and you're like, well, if you do this, I'm going to leave you. Mm -hmm. You're putting them in a box. Yeah. You know, and that, I think that's going to ruin a relationship. Yeah. Any relationship. Yeah. You know, the same thing with friends. The same thing with with Family, a commitment that you friends, make doing any, you know, anything service related. Yeah. You know, if I went to Nicaragua and I said, well, if I'm not comfortable in this bed, uh -huh. I'm not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, what does whatever. that do? You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. the, the work's not going to get done if we all felt that way. Because yeah. everybody was struggling with something. Yeah. A lot of people got sick on that trip. Uh, one of the the men had a heart issue, mm -hmm. and it, he was more devastated that he couldn't get any more work done, that he couldn't work anymore, yeah. than the fact that he had a heart problem. Gotcha. Huh. You know, so that's yeah. you have to make sacrifices yeah. if you want to have a good life. If you want to serve, very essential. And I think uh, pe people get afraid of that, like to sacrifice, because you know we all want this and that, and we all want everything, but we're not willing to part ways with you know A to get to C or what what have you. So that's that's awesome. I really like uh, that you brought up the fact that you have to be okay with yourself in a lot of aspects of your life, like it starts with you and that's the beginning of it. And you have to work on yourself. And I think people also don't do that enough. And we mentioned earlier, just spending time with yourself and being okay with, you know, being alone or just being in a journey on your own and figuring things out internally before you start helping externally. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really, um, really huge concept that we miss. And I think a lot of your story kind of resonates with that idea of focusing on you because it seems like you've been doing a lot of personal development, which is awesome. Um, so when, when uh, what, what's been the hardest thing, the hardest thing about going on this journey on your own to develop yourself internally? What, what's been the hardest thing on that journey? Faith. Faith. It's, it's been faith. And, you know, we talked about earlier how, like, I'm, I'm doing some great with that, you know. Mm -hmm. But faith is the easiest thing to conceptualize, mm -hmm. but the hardest thing to do, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, anything faith-related, but especially having faith in God. Mm -hmm. As crazy as that sounds, I mean, for, for those of us who are believers, you know, we know that God is all-powerful and He will work everything out and not good. Mm -hmm. But when you're in it, mm -hmm. when you're in the midst of a storm... That's not trusting funny. him. No, yeah. it is not fun at all. <laughs> and you just want answers and you just want it fixed now. Mm -hmm. But he's planning something. It's a setup. Yeah. It's all a setup. It's a, it's a long term you know? thing. Exactly. And there are so many great things that are going to be coming. Yeah. You just got to You're in it, it now. Yeah. And you're like, this really sucks. <laughs> you know, but you just got to put your head down mm -hmm. and work. Yeah. Work on yourself. Work at what you're passionate about. 
read your Bible, mm-hmm. talk to other Christians, you know, and, and just wait. Yeah. You know, what, what got me through all of that? I mean, I used to say it for hours, mm-hmm. be patient, have faith, be patient, have faith. Mm-hmm. I used to just say that all the time when, when I started to get into that depressive state, mm-hmm. when I started listing all the bad things like, well, I'm homeless. I have no money. I have no girlfriend. Yeah. I have no friends. Yeah. I'm alone. Everybody hates me. Like, no, be patient, have faith because God is good. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to remember and you have to have faith. Yeah. Because everybody has had struggles and everybody has gotten through them. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that. And when you really sit down and think about, okay, well, how did that work out? It was mm-hmm. so horrible and now it's it's a lot better and it was good, you know, and now I'm in another season of of trials. Well, who's to say that it, it can't happen again? Yeah. Who's to say that it can't happen again? Yeah. Again and again. And this this is a constant. And that's really hard to remember when you're in the midst of it. Yeah. And I'm just starting to break the ice on that. Yeah. You know, I thankfully I've I've come to that point and I had this is bad thing happened to me a few days ago. Mm-hmm. The love of my life decided she wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. But I have enough faith in God yeah. that I know everything's going to be okay. Yeah. I have in, peace about all aspects of your life. And yeah. that's, that's awesome. So I'm focusing on myself. I have a lot of work to do in April. Mm-hmm. Start trying to start a, a few businesses, trying to help as many people as I can. Yeah. Go to JITS two, three times a day. Uh-huh. And that's it. If awesome. I feel lonely, if I feel like things are starting to get bad, I look for answers in the Bible. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And another thing that I think is great that somebody uh, said to me a little while back is that um, he he was looking for advice from somebody who he really looked up to. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like his mentor. And he went to him and he asked him all these questions. And he said, did you read that book I gave you a few years ago? Mm-hmm. He said, no, I haven't read it. He said, well, all of the questions that I knew you were going to ask me mm-hmm. at this point are in that book. Go read it. And I was like... That's so ironic because God has done the same thing with us. Mm-hmm. We search for answers all the time. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? He gave us all the answers right there because yeah. he knew we were going to have all of these problems. Yeah. And all the answers are in that book. So if you ever have questions, if you're ever lost, if you're ever lonely, get your head in that book. Yeah. You know, and start start listening to sermons, start doing anything like that, and you'll find the answers. So cool. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so what are, what are some, you kind of mentioned it before. Um, but what are some things that you're really looking forward to, like some of these upcoming projects and whatnot that you're looking into right now? Well, I'm trying to develop some products. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing some product engineering for one company. I figured I might as well do it for myself. Okay. I've got a little 3D printer and some CAD software. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try to throw those up on Indiegogo and see how that goes. Oh, cool. um, I have a lot of videography, photography jobs mm-hmm. that have come up out of nowhere. Awesome. So I'm excited about that. Um, I have a few jiu-jitsu competitions coming up. Cool. Uh, so that should be cool. Um, man, I feel like there's some other stuff that I'm just forgetting. Um, it's, I mean, it seems like know. you got a lot on your plate, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 A lot of great to, things coming. I'm trying to stay busy. Amen. Amen. So I, uh, we're, we're kind of coming up to the end of the interview right now, but uh, before I ask, I have three final questions that I ask all my guests. Before I get into that, I just wanted to you know thank you and also really share that I acknowledge a lot of the great things that you're doing. And it's really, really inspiring hearing from where you've started and what you've gone through to get to where you're at and being able to turn your negative situations or negative situations exactly. into such positive outlooks and having the mindset that, you know, it all works out and you doing what you can today 
and using your time for others. I really commend you for that because that's awesome and that's that's all I want to do. So that's that's really cool that you're doing that and living that out, not just talking, not just like saying these things, but actually going out and doing these things in your everyday life. That that is amazing, and I just want to um, recognize you for that. So yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, that's the biggest reason why I'm here. Mm. I love what you're doing. I love the message that you're trying to put out there. I think it's really important. Yeah. And that's why, yeah. you know, I'll drive two or three hours out here. No mm. problem. Sit down and talk to you yeah. because I would, I would really like to see this go somewhere. Yeah, and, sure. and I really think that people need to hear what you have to say. And there's a lot of people out there that might be lonely, that might be scared, that might be losing yeah, faith. For sure. You know, especially people our age coming out of college. Yeah. And very, very fragile time. Yeah. Very fragile time. We're very volatile. We don't really know what's happening. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're living it right now. So uh, I really appreciate you saying those kind words that make me blush. Uh, of course. But that's Sweet. awesome. Thank you. So now I have the three final questions. Right. So the first question is, what's been the favorite chapter of your life thus far? Oh, man. Um, it's so hard to pick. Because I the fa- my favorite chapter mm-hmm. would probably be the time that I had with my ex because that was just such a huge blessing. She's an amazing woman and you just can't get that time back. So that is just such a blessing. I, I I am so thankful for all the time that I've had Mm -hmm. with her, but I think the time that I had in between us dating again, Mm -hmm. that, that like year, there was so much growth there Mm -hmm. and like, I, I really needed her to leave me for me to really get on it. Yeah. And, and grow up. It. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I really needed to grow up. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of there was a lot I needed to do. Yeah. You know? And and I and I mean like I said, man, I was I was homeless and I'm like I am so thankful for those trials. Yeah. Because so much came out of that. Mm-hmm. And like I tell everybody, I feel like everyone should be homeless and starving at some point in their life because that really tells you who you are. Yeah. And you really learn a lot about yourself and that's where you grow, man. The trials. Yeah. And and like I, there is so much good Mm. that came out of all of that bad. I mean, it's like all of that rain Mm. and then the crops start growing and uh, the plants are super green and it's just, I'm so glad that happened because I don't think I'd have that peace right now Mm. because that was the proof, yeah. right? Because if if God says this, and it's like, okay, you're in a huge trial right now, mm-hmm. but I'm, but if you be patient with me, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't think I was going to get any time back with her. Yeah. I didn't, and and I did, and and like I told you before, I thought she was dead. Yeah. In at least for an hour, yeah. I thought she and was dead. <laughs> and God was like, "Listen, keep at it, keep working on yourself, and I'm going to work things out." Yeah. And He did. Yeah. And I am so thankful for that, especially that all of this bad stuff happened so early to me mm. because now I can look back and understand yeah. that storms are a good thing. Yeah. You know, so I'm so thankful for that time because awesome. that's opened my eyes. Awesome. So everything is possible. That's cool. Thank you. Thank you. And then second question, if you had to put a title to the next chapter in your life, what would you title that chapter? Oh man, that's a great question. <laughs> oh, um, you got a lot of things coming your way. You got a lot of things coming my yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe 
just getting started. Yeah. Amen, dude. I love that. And I just watched a movie the other night that's called Just Getting Started. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing that came to my mind. We'll tell anyone. Morgan Freeman. Cool, cool. And then final question, another titling of things, but basically all of the experiences, everything that you've gone through, your story, all the way up until this moment right here, if you had to put a title, a name to that entire life story up until now, what would you title that? Be thankful for your struggles. Thankful for your struggles. Yeah. Like, like be at, at our church, we have like praise cards and prayer cards, mm-hmm. right? If I were to write a praise card, it would be all the bad things that have happened to me up until now. Yeah. Because they have just proven God's grace. Yeah. And if none of those things would happen right now, I bet you every little thing that happened to me would bother me. Mm-hmm. You cut me off on the road, it would probably be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But now, I mean, you can just chop at me all day and yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. You know? And that's such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how can you put a how can you put a price point on peace? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate that. I would definitely read that book if it ever came out. Um, you should work on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Cool, cool. Well, again, Hank, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your time with the Starting with the Story community. I really think that they get a lot from what you had to share, so I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I love man. everything you're doing. You know, I hope everything keeps going well for you. Awesome. Cool, cool. Yes. And this marks the end of today's interview. It was an absolute honor to reconnect with my friend Hank and have him share part of his story with you all today. And as you might guess, his passion and drive for storytelling and sharing the beauty of this world with others truly resonates with me and I hope it does for you as well. I especially love listening back to his outlook on life, his relationship with storms and obstacles in his life. I wanna take the time to ask you all to take a look at your own lives. What obstacles block your path right now? Are there storms coming your way in the near future? And if so, how will you face them? I want to challenge you to try to start changing your perspective and embracing that storm. Look forward to the next failure or tough situation that you see and see it as an opportunity for growth. Take the time to hone your skills and surpass your own expectations and limitations. Do all of these things so that you can achieve your inner greatness. (laughs) Now, if you want to connect with Hank and hear more from him, you can find him easiest on his Instagram page at Hank's Pro Studios or by emailing him at hank at hankstudio.com. Make sure to check out his work and how he uses video to storytell on his website, hankstudio.com. Also, don't forget that Starting With a Story has partnered up with Crystal Ray Kansas City High School this season. All donations received during Season 2 will go directly to supporting the students at Crystal Ray. Go to startingwithastory.com slash Cristo hyphen Ray to learn more about their mission and my personal volunteer experience with them. Now don't worry, I know there's a lot of information I just threw at you. But all of these links and info will be provided on the show notes page for this episode that can be found on Starting With The Stories website. Be sure to check it out for some extra little nuggets. (laughs) And if you enjoyed this episode or something resonated with you from the story, tell us about it. Let us know your thoughts and your experiences. If you found value in this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, leaving a review, or 
even sharing this with your friends. And lastly, if you have a story or know someone that does that you think would connect with others, shoot me an email at share at startingwiththestory.com to potentially be interviewed for a future episode. All of the music in today's episode was originally composed by Bryson Kemp, who just moved actually. Check him out at brysonkempmusic.com. I want to be able to connect with people and connect people to each other through storytelling. Now you can be a part of that journey as well. Go out there and share your story. This is John Lee on Starting With A Story, signing off. Stay safe, stay you.